Good evening, and welcome yeah. to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Todd. Todd is from Roxy Blue, and Roxy Blue has been very, very busy lately too. How you been? Yeah, how's it going? I'm good. good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited uh, that you reached out to me. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on. Probably not as much as I would like to have going on. I'm, we're uh, the COVID thing kind of set us back a little bit. Um, we actually didn't do a whole lot during the COVID thing. We, we played, um, we did have one really major show, uh, during COVID, uh, last year we opened for, um, Cheap Trick. That's pretty major. Uh, here, yeah, here in Memphis at, at a place called Graceland Soundstage, which is connected to, uh, Graceland, the home of Elvis Presley, but they built this big complex and the stage is, a, it's like playing a, a, a forum yeah. or, you know, is it near, a is it near, is it near Graceland? It is. Yeah, it's near it. Yeah, it's pretty near it. It's down the road from it, but it's a huge complex. Um, and I say complex, there's restaurants and just, you could take the family there. So we were invited to play with Cheap Trick, which was a bucket list for me, especially because I'm a big Cheap Trick fan. Uh, and my father-in-law, my, uh, bless his soul, uh, Jimmy Jameson, which was with the band Survivor, he was friends with them. So it was kind of cool to open for them. Um, and it was sold out. So it was, a, it was, it was just us and them. Mm -hmm. uh, great show. They gave us the works. Uh, just So that's really what we did during COVID. And then I started kind of writing for the new record. I wasn't sure what direction we were going to go. I didn't really want to just try and, and, and push it. Um, our last record we did was with Frontiers and it was totally different from Want Some that came out in 1992, but it was, you know, we recorded it 27 years later. Right. So it was obviously, right. obviously being a writer and, and a musician, you grow, you know, and, you write about different things. You become but your, your a DNA. Is, your DNA is in it, though. Either way, from the first one, you can still tell. You know, no, <laughs> right. it's who you are. If right. you went solo, so, you went solo would sound like oh, different Roxy Blue. It's like really at this point, you know. Yeah, man. I think we had some a few things on the record that that lended itself. Oh, yeah. But you know, Sid Sid Fletcher's not in the band anymore and hadn't been for a long time. And he and I were like the the, the main writers in the in the early roxy days and you know all the guys put their input in we were really great players josh the bass player is still with me uh we parted ways with scotty last year uh his his schedule and uh he lost some family members and uh i think he was going through a few health problems but he was he was playing with nelson for a while uh, and he does some session in nashville he's a great drummer uh, I still love the guy to death, but it just the communication and uh, it just seemed like I was, it felt like a little harder to, to keep that together. Uh, we were wanting to be, I think he wasn't really wanting to put as much, play as many gigs and, you know, I'm still 20 years old at heart, so I just want to play. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to slow down. I mean, I might slow down a little bit just because it is what it is. But I mean, I'm 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 just built for what I'm built, uh, the way I'm built. So we ended up getting a guy named Jimmy Fulp, 
who played with me in a band called 714 that I had prior to Roxy Blue. Um, great drummer, great singer. Uh, he actually has a great studio called Broken Snare Studio, and we recorded the last record there. Um, and he was filling in for Scotty at some of the shows, and he told me if we ever, you know, if anything ever happened, he would love to, for the, to have the gig. And and he and Josh, the bass player, and he they just work out so well. And it just, I felt, we kind of felt like we didn't want to use him as, you know, I didn't want like a, a hybrid band, you know, right. if Scotty can't make right. it, Jimmy. So we just decided, uh, we just decided to go full-fledged and just, uh, Jimmy and I work really good together. So we've been playing together for years. So uh, it just happened. So, and of course, Sid's not playing guitar anymore and hadn't, we had Wayne Sweeney uh, who started Saliva with me. You know, we started the band Saliva after many years of Roxy, but he had played with Roxy for a little bit, but his schedule, he wanted to be in the band and it just, his schedule, I didn't want to work around that. So we ended up getting a guy named Jeff Codron who plays, who played with Full Devil Jacket, uh, Jasmine Kane. He played with our, our friends in Every Mother's Nightmare for a while. Uh, great guy, great guitar player. Very different than Sid. And I told him when he entered the band, I'm like, look, dude, I don't want you to try to be Sid. We do have to play some of the stuff from the old, which he plays great, but be yourself. It's a new era, it's a new Roxy. Uh, I don't want to go back in time. I want to move forward. Uh, I still want the fans from back in the day to, to love the band, but I also want to give new fans and give the old fans something new to listen to. Um, so I do most of the writing uh, for all the records now. Uh, but the guys, once again, giving credit where credit's due, I let them be themselves, you know, I, unless something's prominent and I'm like, you know, it's got to be this way. I like everybody to put their input because I trust in the guys that I play with and they're all really good musicians and we're all friends. You know, you get older and I think it's important that you're able to get along with the guys you play with because it's, super important. it's not a big corporate thing anymore. It's not like, Oh yeah, well we got a lot of money coming in. So, you know, no matter I'm sure a lot of bands are faced with this, especially back in the day. It didn't matter if you got along with somebody or not. You had you were you were hired by a record company, and you had an obligation, right. and you had to do what you had to do, and you just learned to get through it. In Roxy's case, we were always friends, man. You know, uh, I was fortunate. We were all fortunate enough that we we liked each other most of the time. Um, but I, I liked the new band. Uh, we've been together for, <clears throat> well, Jeff played, Jeff and Josh and I were on the last record. Scotty played on the last record. Um, but Jimmy was with us. You know, he played live some and he recorded. He co-produced the record with me and recorded the record. So he built a brand new studio and man, the new record is what we're working on now. And dude, it's so during COVID, it took me a while. I didn't just get right into it. You know, I was like, um, I wrote what I, what I decided to do with this record. I'm like, I told the guys, let's get in a rehearsal room. Everybody bring some ideas. Let's just close the door and 
just just record everything. It's every whatever ideas you got, I want to hear from everybody. Right, right, yeah. So when we did that, and you know everybody had a few cool ideas, um, but they asked me what I had, and I said, well, I've got three ideas for songs. So we, I played them. They liked it. We ended up rehearsing those songs. And they came together good, and everybody was like, well, let's record these. And I'm like, well, what about y'all stuff? Oh, man, we like this. I'm like, okay. So we went in the studio, we cut three, and we started playing those live. Uh, we played a couple little gigs, and then, of course, the Cheap Trick show. And we played them live, and they went over really well. Of course, nobody knew them, because we didn't put them out. It was all live. And... So all we had was three songs, and a lot of time went by, and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And then I called Jimmy and said, look, man, I got some more ideas, so let me come out to the studio. And that's basically how it's worked. So we decided it worked better that way. I would go I go in the studio, I get with Jimmy, and I do a scratch track. He cuts the drums, and then I do a guitar track on, on all of it. And then basically bring the guys in and say, hey, you know, we'll send y'all rough cuts. This is what we got. Everybody comes in and puts their two cents worth in. And I've learned to back up, if you know what I mean. I've learned mm-hmm. to kind of take a step back and go, because I'm always, I'm so involved with the music that I have, I'm kind of weird. They always say, like, I got, I could put everything in my head. Like, I know the bass track. I know what's going on for the whole song. But with that being said, I try to kick back and go, hey, look, let me hear what you guys have first. And usually it works out because Josh is a beast on the bass. I mean, he's just a he's a he's just a badass man. And and he gets it because he knows how I write. So he knows when to, to be busy and when not to be busy. And, you know, it, it surprises me because he, he you go back and listen to the stuff. And me and Jimmy were talking about this the other day. He and Jeff both played some really monumental stuff on here, you know, where, because that's what it's about to me right now. It's not about, I mean, of course, you got to have some kind of image, I guess, but it's about the songs. You know, I I think back in the day, it wasn't that I didn't like, want to have good songs, but it was all about the, the whole show of it, you know, and like, it was a different era. So it was like, you know, we were compared to Van Halen and all that, which is, you know, whatever. I mean, I love I, everybody listens to bands, and that's where you get your ideas from. You're you're inspired by something, right? But the older I've gotten, I'm more inspired by Paul McCartney. You know, I mean, he's my favorite writer. Um, so, and I like Dave Grohl a lot. Um, I just, I. I I get inspired by things that move me emotionally and it makes me a better writer. So it's more about the song. So at the end of the day, to me, if you don't have a great song and I guess what I'm getting at is that my growth from 1992 to now is probably been more about the writing, you know, and just being able to have a really good song. This record is different than the last record, which is very important to me that it doesn't sound like an attenuation of the last record. I love our last record, but this record, 
I, honest, if, if there was quote unquote singles, I know we have five or six strong, strong singles, and I think the whole record's cool, but we've got, if radio was what it used to be, uh, and the world was what it used to be, right? this record would probably, I think this record would be a huge record. So hopefully people like it. Uh, we're excited. It's done. We're in mix mode right now. So I, um, I was going to tell you something that was funny uh, that I mentioned to you earlier. So we got to, um, I do this all the time. So I, I, at the 11th hour, I always write a song. And the record was pretty much done. And so I came to the, I went to the studio and I told Jimmy, hey, I got this song called Down. I wrote, it's a cool, heavy song, but it's really, it's, it's strong, I think. And he loved it. So we recorded it, got everybody in to record it. And it turned out really good. And about uh, sometime last week, I was driving down the road and I, I, we played a gig at uh, at this bar in, in Memphis. Uh, at the last minute, we were asked to play a gig. The money was good. We were, we were asked to play two hours. Um, really cool show, jam packed, fun time. Got we got our uh, we. It's our first show of the year, actually. So we, we were able to kind of brush the dust off a little bit. It was fun. We played seven new songs. Wow. But on, on my way home, I kept this melody in my head. And I'm thinking about our new song we just recorded. And, you know, it's done. And I, this melody was, a. I thought we could add it to the song. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I started singing the chorus to the new melody I have. So I ended up calling Jimmy going, dude, I think I'm up the ante on this song. So he goes, how? I was like, well, I rewrote the chorus. Of course, he was like, man, that's a good chorus. I'm like, ah. Anyway, I went to the studio a couple of times Monday, re-recorded a new chorus, and the song went, it's completely cooler. It's so much cooler. So we're really excited um so next up is to finish mixing the whole thing and uh we want to try to get a video out with our first single uh i think it's important to have videos you know i think people need to see what's going on um so that's where we're at right now um as far as the recording goes we're uh just trying to mix up and trying to get this thing going and um of course, you know, I wrote another one too, and now they're talking about recording it. But I'm like, you know, at some point we have to stop. Uh, you know, there's no need to put a 15 song CD out. So, well, um, other than other than that, uh, recording wise, you know, we're we're signed to F. You know, we were signed to Frontiers, and I mentioned to you earlier that. So we parted ways with Frontiers. Um, it just the the connection wasn't working for us, um, and it just nothing against Frontiers. They're a great label, but I think they they're they're focusing a little more on the dream theater type songs and music, and and that's great. That's good. We're completely different. We had a good run with them for one record, and uh, so. We're also signed to F&A out of Nashville. Uh, they released a bunch of demos from us and Tora and a bunch of other bands. 
few years back. Uh, and they've been really good to us. Um, Steve Lockett over at FNA is just, he's a great artist relation guy. So he's doing, they're doing a Def Leppard tribute record, which is, you know, I'm not big on tribute stuff, but it was intriguing to us and we were asked to do it and we could pick any song we wanted. And so we went old school and did let it go off the high and dry record. And uh, it turned out great. So that we got that coming out soon too on F and A. So that'll be fun. So, so we got a new Roxy record coming out. We got that coming out on uh, F and A, uh, the Def Leppard tribute. And that's where we're at right now as far as recording goes. So that's it's exciting for us. And uh, now it's time to get out and play. Right. That's so. Uh, what is the plans now for for, for playing? How is how's the the clubs and the scene down there with COVID and is everything opening up for you guys? Well, you know we're we're connected with uh, with BLE uh, out of Baltimore, which is Bradley Entertainment, mm-hmm. and Brad's done a lot for the band. Um, we've got a couple of we're trying to get a new booking agent because we Brad wants us to play the bigger shows, but we're at to a point it's like look, man. You know, we're not about the ego thing or nothing like that. I mean, I'm sure at some point in my life, if you're a musician, you have an ego or you can't be a serious musician. In, in some, you know, at some level, you have an ego. It, we could call it confidence or whatever. But I'm not about that anymore, really. I'm about, uh, none of us are. I mean, we just want to play. So obviously, to go on a tour, uh, we would have to do something substantial because we all make more money now. So you can't just go do a peanut butter and jelly tour and go out for two or three months and make no money. But we had a few shows that were pushed back because of COVID and we're hoping that those come back. Uh, one at the Nashville amphitheater with Dawkins and Lynch mob. And then, we were scheduled to do a show with Tom Kiefer, which a friend of mine, Corey, My- uh, Corey Myers, plays keyboards with them. And, uh, I know a couple of guys in the band, and we were scheduled to do something with them. Uh, you know, things change. They got a tour out right now with uh, uh, L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat are open for them. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but we do have a couple gigs right now that are, are contracted, ready to go. We're playing... Uh, July 28th, we're going to Pittsburgh, um, and uh, the Killer Dwarfs are joining us on that show, and I believe Every Mother's Nightmare is too, and that will be our show, and then two days later, we'll be in Philadelphia playing the Masquerade Festival. It's a three-day festival, and we're on Saturday, and the cool thing, so Autograph is the headliner of the night we play. Um, Killer Dwarfs, Tora Tora, Roxy Blue, Hurricane, um, Who's uh, in Hurricane now? Nightmare. I don't know. I, I know the only I'll thing be I asking, I've, I've was, talked to everybody in one of those bands at this point, except for Hurricane. Everybody you've mentioned? <laughs> well, the only thing about Hurricane is I knew is back in the day, Kelly from that plays with Foreigner was right, the singer. Foreigner. Uh, yeah, so I, I think the guitar play. I don't know who's original or who's not. I don't need uh, the drummers in it anymore. But I do know. Do you know what? 
I don't even know if that same drummer's in it anymore either. I can't think of his name. I can't think yeah, of his name. I, I, was, I, was, I didn't know a whole lot about the band. I know they were around the same time or a little before we were. But I do know that, so they call this the three-headed monster in Memphis, which is Tora Tora, Roxy Blue, and Every Mother's Nightmare. That's the tour that's trying to be put together. I don't know if it will be. We're friends. I don't. There's a lot of political or whatever things going on, but we'll find out. That'll but be a good package. We're actually we're actually playing back to back to back. I believe all three of us at masquerades. So that will be exciting for people to see and exciting for us to do because we're all buddies. Um, so I think that that show is going to be pretty massive, and. I'm waiting on to get a call about some more shows because, you know, after we play the, I think we're going to wait it out and try to finish the record before we go to Pittsburgh, which is, you know, not too far, a month and a half away or a couple months away. So uh, unless something comes up, uh, we were scheduled to possibly do the Ted Nugent show here in Memphis, but he's bringing somebody. So we got pushed off of that one. So we're just basically wanting to play anywhere and everywhere we can we did put a feeler out uh, on the social media of where you would like Roxy Blue to play. And, dude, we had like 400 days. I mean, it was insane. I, I just happened to look at it the other day. And I was so overwhelmed by the amount of people that were saying, come here, come here, come here, come here. So I got with Bradley, and I was like, hey, dude, we can play all these places. All you got to do is find find a venue. It doesn't. Ha it could be a 500 seater. It could be a 300 seater. We don't even care. We just want to go play. So just line some shows up. If we only make this much at this show, then the next night we'll make up for it. As long as we don't come home broke and have a. So, with that being said, uh, everybody's nightmare. Rick Rule and I have been talking a lot about doing the two of us. Mm -hmm. the every mother's nightmare roxy blue for now and sharing a bus and just start to go out and do some regional stuff and just get it going because you know those guys are like us man they're not really about let's just play selective things they want to play dude and we want to play so we're okay if we go in a dirty ass bar and you know stand and wait and pee in the bathroom or whatever it's okay. You know, I mean, we, we just want to have fun and, and play music. And like I was saying earlier, if you're going to make a record, if you're not out there supporting it and playing it, I mean, to me, you're just wasting your time. You it's know, you gotta, part, yeah. I mean, and, and uh, it's, it's tough. And like, like you told me earlier, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different world today, you yeah. know? But I, I think all you guys have put out, Toro Toro has had some strong stuff out lately. Um, the last Every Mother's Nightmare album just crushes. It's like the best, you know. Everyone's it's really putting, good, man. It's isn't it? so good. But it's it's. But the point is, every, every all you guys are crushing it. It's like, you know, everyone got past that stage where it's like you have to be that same guy from the. You know, no one's dressed like that. No one does the same thing anymore. You kind of grow up. You change a little bit. Everyone's kind of used to it at this point of who the bands are. The bands have a little more space now to to be creative. You know, to who they become, without labels. That's what I think. That's what I think a lot right. of right now. Well, a lot of it. Thanks for saying that. And, and I, I um, so Anthony Corder and I go out and do acoustic shows here and there and um, from Torah. And 
you know, I, I remember they did their Bastards of Bill off Frontiers. And, you know, he was, he got a lot of the same thing that we got. You know, they're a great band, and yeah. Anthony's a really great writer. And um, so, you know, I, I was laughing with him because I was like, dude, you're expected, like, in walking shoes, you know, you have, you have to hit that high note every time. That's what people are waiting on. And that's a tough, that's a tall order. You get older and sometimes the notes aren't, you know, you're not this young buck anymore. I talk all the time thinking of of foresight. If one thing any band could do besides contracts would be lower notes. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I try, I try to do it. I, I, I I don't want to say I've, I still can do what I did before, but it's it's a little tougher. Your voice changes and time, age, drugs, whatever you did through the whole time, they've taken a toll. I stay in pretty good shape. But Anthony was telling me, you know, he was hitting it, but he started working out and, and or working on his voice more because he knew he had to do that. And I, that's the whole point is that there's certain things in songs that are expected. And they just happen to have that song that's expected that when that hits. Um, so, but they're doing good. And I thought, I thought the last, you know, he was telling me that, you know, the people were, you know, why does it not sound like Wild America? And I think Tora, out of the three of us that we're talking about, has stayed closer to their sound because they're a blues based band, you know, mm-hmm. their, their core is blues and blues rock and um, blues rock, which they've been great from day one to me. Um, so I like to give those guys props. They're all really, really close friends of mm-hmm. mine and they're really good. And I'm really proud. And I love the new stuff that they're putting out. Of course, they're not on frontiers anymore either. They're actually just releasing singles now. And, um, uh, so far, they got a new one coming out. I guess I'm giving them, uh, I'm giving them some, uh, some props here and uh, some, some promotion. But uh, I really like what they've done so far. Um, Every Mother's Nightmare, their last record, they they put out, uh, which they're going to re-release. I think uh, <laughs> I sound like I'm I'm just promoting these bands, but <laughs> I don't mind doing too. that. <laughs> well, I don't mind doing that because I love the guys, and and I will say that the last record that you know rick had told me a couple years back he's like dude you know man i don't know how much longer i can do this and i'm it just depends on the record and then this last record they put out just stomped i mean it killed it's a great record top to bottom and uh i talked to him about it i'm like dude i guess you're gonna stay with it now and he's like well it kind of gave me new life i told him i thought it was the best stuff he'd ever written totally totally um and it's a cool record, and they're going to re-release it, I think, on their new label, Dark Horse or whatever. But, you know, they came out with that record during COVID, and it kind of died. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's a lot. It's really hard to get out there these days because you don't have the record labels that have the deep well, they, they pockets lost their to label, throw though. you out there. You know, they, what happened to them is right, they had one bill. You're right. It was horrible. I was supposed to actually talk with – uh, Rick came on. We did we did an episode promoting them, and then they had their last video. Was I had got the the premiere sent to me before they did it to check it out, and then Rick was going to come on talk what about was that. It. Cin- Cinema Heart. 
um it's a crazy video it's like a black and white just like a video inside of a tv or something i don't remember what it is off the top of my head um it's a cool video yeah they had two i think they had breathe and then uh, cinema art it was like the last one but what happened shortly after is um he didn't make the the, the time slot and then we were going to do it and then shortly after bill got sick and then everything just went away you know and i know he had gone you know, through some other loss he had some other people he was close to two. He had a rough year, so it's good to see they're yeah, coming back. Here, and, and, and which weird is Bill Chavis and Lori? What a tragic! They, both of them lost their lives. You know, I mean, and like just like that, and it was just devastating to the whole music community, but very devastating to Every Mother's Nightmare, I'm sure, because I know Bill and Rick were really, really close. close. What's weird? What's weird about it is that I was on a conference call with. Uh, Bradley and Bill and it was me and all three of us were talking we were supposed to go do a show with Rock and Pod in Nashville last, uh, the last one right before they passed we were trying to do a show and it was going to be the Nightmares and us and there was a couple other bands on it um, I can't remember who but we were trying to do that while we were at you know like the day after Rock and Pod to have everybody could go to it and so one venue went down, and then finally we got, they came up with the Hard Rock in Nashville. But to pay, they wanted a $4,000 pay-in, and Bill and, and, and Brad were just laughing. And they're like, we're not going to do that. And, and I was like, no, I'll cancel that. That's the last time I talked to Bill. I said, I'll see you at Rock and Pot. He said, I don't know. Then I heard he's not going to make it because he was sick. And then the next thing I heard is that, Bill sent a message saying, Hey man, you know, I don't, I hope I hope I make it through the hospital. I don't know if I'll make it or not. And if oh, I yeah, don't, the, face, the Facebook message, I you put it, yeah, I was trying, I was oh chatting with him on, on there. I was chatting with him because prior to the thing, we were chatting. And around that time, I'd reached and out. You don't really take it serious. You know, I mean, you did, you were taking it serious, but you're like, Oh, you'll be fine. You know, I sent him a message said, Hey, how you doing? I hope you're better. Hope you're doing good. Pulling for you. Like when that came out, I sent him a chat because we were chatting. So I sent him a chat d- directly, say, "Hey man, I hope you're doing well, whatever." And like shortly after that, obviously he didn't read it because he, he passed. It was fast. He was gone, and then and then Lori's gone. I mean, it's like that's insane. It, it, it was surreal, dude. It was freaking everybody out. It's like, wow, man. It's like both of them are gone. So yeah, that was devastating, but. God bless them and God bless their family. And, you know, but I think uh, I, I, Rick told me the other day, they got some new stuff coming out. Good. We got new stuff coming out. Tora's got new stuff coming out. Um, but, hey, thank you so much for having Thanks. me. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, show. please.